Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. show for you today we have a darion being a detroit guy we have the detroit mercy coach on with this bakari as i'm here on the boss man show coach alexander i'll tell you what man i'm glad to have you on the show we're honored to have you on here and we've really been a big fans of yours and how things going to you in the titans so far this early season here before you get started to play in november man it's going well and thanks for having me on the show down there in Atlanta. you know which uh you know us folks up in detroit feel that you know Atlanta is like a suburb of our city. You know, we got a lot of Detroiters down there, natives. You know, one sitting here on the show, uh, hosting tonight. And um, we're excited. It's day 167 for me uh, since I was introduced as the new head coach coming over from the University of Michigan. And um, really excited about this group. We got four good seniors that have really bought in to what we're trying to build. And we got a, a group of um, guys behind them you know, that are eager to, you know, get out there and compete, you know, at the highest level that they're capable of doing. Yes, indeed. I'm glad to hear that, Coach. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, you know, me, me being a, a Detroiter, you know, and I'm, I'm actually still in Detroit right now, Coach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still here in the city. But, uh, you know, okay. I've definitely heard of Washington. I'm excited about the things that you are doing with the program. Uh, you know, I've been going to the Callahan Hall for years ever since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it's good to see 
a brother like yourself get the opportunity. So outside of people like me, how has the community started to embrace you? And, and how has the, the, the native soil here been treating you since you've been uh, hired as a new head coach of the Detroit Titans? You know, it's been tremendous. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, growing up in the city of Detroit, as you well know, um, we have an obligation, you know, not only to, you know, go out, you know, and take our experience, you know, experiences to the world, you know, like you've done here in radio and like I've done in, uh, in athletics through basketball. But, you know, you get to a certain point in time in your life where you feel compelled to give back, you know, and I've been away from Detroit for, um, you know, close to 10 years now, you know, and I uh, had a lot of great opportunities, you know, in the coaching profession, gained some unique experiences at several stops at Ohio University, Western Michigan, the University of Michigan in, in Ann Arbor. And now that brings me back home to Detroit, Mercy, where, you know, not only, you know, a lot of the old faces and names and people that followed you during your days in the Detroit Public School League as a player, uh, during, during my time on the court, you know, at Detroit Mercy, uh, playing in the NCAA tournaments, representing our city, uh, with the words Detroit, you know, going across our chest, it, it's a great um, sense of pride and belonging. And there's been an outpouring support of people uh, coming back through Callahan Hall, you know, not only just to say hello, um, early in our uh, six practices that we've had so far, people have come in, you know, just to watch practices, high school coaches, um, Catholic League coaches, believe it or not, Metro State. It's been great. And then Everything kicks off on October 29th when we start back up a series that we hadn't played in a number of years with Wayne State University, and all of the proceeds of that game uh, go to benefit the Detroit Public Schools, and it's going to be matched by one of our corporate sponsors. Sounds wonderful, Coach. I mean, that's great. To, those local rivalries are always good to strike back up. I know for me, going to Tennessee State, playing Middle Tennessee State, I always got, got out just flowing. Or playing a Western Kentucky or playing a Vanderbilt, even right in town, three miles from our campus. So I call it Metro for those guys playing Wayne State. How is going to make those guys get them real juiced up for that game on the 29th there? Oh, without question. And, and it's for a good cause. And we, We've um, dropped the ticket price down to $2 uh, per um, person and what we're hoping to do is we want to get 8,000 people into that game. 8,000 people, which would generate, you know, $16,000. One of our corporate sponsors will match it, you know, and cut a $32,000 check, you know, which seems nominal, you know, uh, in nature, you know, for uh, the Detroit Public School District, you know, uh, K through fifth grade. But it is an annual event that will only grow and other sponsors will jump on board. So we'll see that purse grow as well. But, again, you know, bigger than that, we want, you know, people to know that, you know, we're Detroit's college team. We've been around 110 years. We're the oldest Division I basketball program in the state of Michigan, and a lot of people don't know that. And so we want to make sure that everybody knows that they can embrace our team, they can come down to Callahan Hall, have that sense of belonging, know that this is their team in college basketball, and we'll go out there and represent them with a lot of fight, you know, and a lot of determination. That's beautiful, Coach. That's beautiful. And I'll tell you what, uh, part of those 8,000 ticket sales will definitely be me. I'll be in attendance because Wayne State University is my alma mater. Uh, you know, go Warriors aim high. <laughs> so, you know, I think hey, I, hey. I now I have a sense of, of pride. I, I have to be in attendance. You know, I definitely. Yeah, you have to be. You know, here would be my rule for you. 
just don't come along. Get as many Wayne State alums as you can. We're, we're, all, all, we're all that green that you want to wear. We're going to be there keeping our red. And, and, since, and since we can't get along, let's get it on. I like that. So we can't get along. Let's get along. That would be a new show slogan right there, Coach. I like that. I think right. so. That's I like right. that. Coach, you count me in. You definitely see my face in attendance. You said it's October 20th. I will be there, Coach. I will be there. And I, I have on my Wayne State gear, all the green and yellow I can find, you know. <laughs> Glass ring and all. Hey, man. It, it, man, it's all good. Yes. <laughs> what, what, real quick, Coach, to, to add to that, um, what are, what are some of your recruiting tactics that you use to help bring in talent to, to UD Mercy? Because, you know, you and I, we both know Detroit is a basketball mecca, you know, in my personal opinion. We, our basketball history runs extremely deep here. Uh, we have some of the best talent, to me, in the world that comes to the city of Detroit. So what are some of your biggest tactics that you use to recruit college kids or high school kids to come to your program and play for UD Mercy and, and really get them excited about the program and the aspect of playing for you and the institution? Right. I think it's important for us to also realize, too, um, you know, not not only the lineage that we come from here in, in the city of Detroit, where we have produced, you know, some really talented players, um, was really pleased to see, you know, although their arrival ours, you know, Khalil Felder make it to the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. That was the first Detroit PSL-born player to get to the league in almost, you know, in upwards of 11 to 14 years. And so it was really exciting to see him get in there which, um, you know, gave us an inkling that, you know, the talent isn't totally gone in the city. And what we've been through, quite frankly, for those listeners out there that's not, you know, familiar with the city of Detroit um, and what we've experienced over recent years is we've gone through what's known as depopulation. As the plants start moving to the southern country uh, states and, and, and out of the country, um, you know, and, and, and some of our manufacturing jobs that we had, in a blue-collar town like Detroit, you know, even places like Flint and Saginaw as well, we saw a population from when I was a child from two, from 2 million people go down to roughly about 800,000 today. And so those people didn't die. They just moved to different areas. You know, some live in Atlanta. Some live in, you know, other Midwest cities. Some people move to the East Coast and the West Coast. And so what happens with that as it relates to sports uh, the pool that you get to recruit from just shrinks. I noticed that during my days at the University of Michigan. I noticed that during my time at Western Michigan as well. And so one of the things that we try to do uh, today to attract talent is, one, um, not only mine the city for talent in its Detroit public school system, but its charter school system, the Catholic school system, and even the Metro State Leagues, you know, um, that's, that are within a stone's throw, of uh, the metropolitan Detroit area. In addition to that, there's this sense right now of young people wanting to, you know, leave home, you know. And what we've discovered from that is, yeah, it might be Detroit kids, but it's also kids from Cleveland. It's also kids from Chicago. It's also kids from Columbus. It's also kids from Pittsburgh. It's also kids from Toronto. And Detroit is a destination city right now that has an energy about it and a comeback story about it nationally that has piqued everybody's curiosity. What we do in addition to that is we remind people that 22 NBA players have come out of the University of Detroit Mercy, and we don't have to go all the way back to the 70s to find that evidence. 
We have them as recent as Ray McCallum Jr., who's playing with the Detroit Pistons. You know, I've coached young people like Willie Green, you know, here at Detroit Mercy, amongst others. Um, in addition to, you know, being the, the birthplace of the original one and done, Spencer Haywood went here, Dave DeBusher, you know, uh, NBA great back with the New York Knicks uh, during his era went here. Dick Vitale coached here. Our court is named after him. There's a long lineage and history of that. And then, of course, we talk about an institution that provides a tremendous education, small classroom sizes. We have about 5,000 students spread over our three campuses. Uh, we never left the city of Detroit. We've been here 139 years. And so there's so many different reasons and, 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 um, and attractions that make Detroit such a viable option, not only for the local kids, but for kids that aren't from the area. I have guys on my staff, Jermaine Jackson, who played at Detroit Mercy, um, been in the NBA for several years, other assistants that had experience professional and overseas. So now they're getting player development from guys that actually been to the level that they aspire to get to. And so that levels the playing ground and give us visibility, you know, and a sense of connectivity with the kids, you know, in addition to the fact me coming from Michigan, having coached the national player of the year, Trey Burke, amongst others. And so now you're dealing with a guy that's relatable to, you know, today's player, you know, can help get them, you know, to their dreams, aspirations, and goals, and do it at a place that has a history and a tradition of winning and success like Detroit Mercy. Coach, I got I got two parter to close you out here with me speeching out tonight here on the Boss Man Show. First of all, Coach, who are some people who have really impacted your career professionally and personally, whether it be coaches, individuals who have really put an impact on you and your life, and also for my listeners down here in Atlanta who are not familiar with your your style and the team up there, Detroit Mercy. How 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 do your team gonna play this year? You gonna be fast, up tempo? You gonna play a, a hard no defensive team? So if you share with how the team's gonna play, who's the people who really impacted you and your life, coach, to get you to the point you are right now? Certainly, uh, let's let's talk about the impact first. I mean, you know, I'm a product of a gentleman by the name of Perry Watson. Perry Watson was legendary and most notably known for his, you know, uh, help in the construction of the Fab Five. Okay, uh, I went to high school at Detroit Southwestern up here in Detroit which produced, you know, uh, guys like Jalen Rose, who I went to high school with, you know, Vashon Leonard, you know, guys like Howard Isley that played in the NBA, Anderson Hunt who played on those great UNLV teams with Jerry Tarkanian back in the day, amongst many others. But, you know, Coach Watson was such a staple in uh, the development of not only my basketball career, but for me as a coach, I was an assistant for six seasons after leaving a stint uh, playing 398 shows in over 13 countries with the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, so he was a great influence. I was influenced by other college coaches, you know, uh, at this level. Tim O'Shea, who I coached under at Ohio University down in Athens, Ohio. Uh, Steve Hawkins, who's a, who was a John Wooden disciple, who I had learned under at Western Michigan University. John Beeline, one of the top tacticians, you know, offensively in the country at the University of Michigan, where he still coaches. Um, all of those guys brought great influence to not only, you know, how I coach, but how I, how I was influenced. But even down in Atlanta, I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, church organizations like the Shrine of the Black Madonna sitting down there on Abernathy Boulevard, you know, uh, with their bookstores and stuff like that. I grew up in those circles, you know, uh, where, you know, the church here in Detroit has a chapter. We have one in Houston. There's one down in Atlanta. You know, so the people in the religious community there, 
you know, uh, had helped develop me also. You know, those people were a great influence of keeping me grounded and understanding, you know, the importance of community, you know, and pride and where you come from as African-American, you know. And then, you know, finally, the style of play that we want to play with has a lot to do with us not only playing fast offensively, but being very stingy defensively, which in turn fuels our offense. We want to make sure that we um, limit teams to one shot, you know, on, on, on clean rebounds from misses and turnovers. We want to push the ball to score and explore within four to eight seconds, okay? Offensively, we want to get ball movement and player movement. We like to play through the paint with the whole idea of making more free throws than our opponents attempt. Detroit Mercy was top five in the country last year in points scored in the nation. And so I don't want to abandon that, you know, um, tradition, you know, uh, that was established under the previous regime. All I want to do is marry that with a defensive focus because we were one of the lower teams in the country defensively. And so when we marry and blend those two styles together and use defense and rebounding as our calling card, we feel that gives us an opportunity to have a game that travels. And that's what we're after, and um, that's what we're going to try to build. We have eight new players, eight returning players, 16 players on the roster in total. So there's a nice blend, you know, of guys that are uh, demonstrated early some great chemistry. And uh, my staff and I couldn't be more thrilled with the direction that we're going in. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, Coach, that was a great answer. You got me inspired. I'm a Tennessee State Tiger, but you're going to be making me a Detroit Titan for a day. You got me going, Coach. I want to get up there and play with you right now, man. Yeah, man. We sit, we, we, we sit on the street, as, as, as your co-hosts know, it's called Livernoise. And we, we are the boys from Livernoise, and we want to make sure <laughs> that everybody, whether it's in Hotlanta or up here in the Motor City of Detroit, do one do one thing for us. You know what that is? What's that? Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. I got you. <laughs> coach, you're clever. I like it, man. You, Hey, Coach, I tell you, this has been one of our best business we had with a guest this year. I'm not sitting there because you're on the show, but I'm, I really mean that. One of our best guests of the year, Coach. We really appreciate you. We'll have you on again real soon, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on the Detroit Titans and remembering them here in Hotland and, of course, in Detroit, where Darion is right now. That's right. Nothing but a short trip. You're fish in Callahan, huh? That's right. And tell all our friends in Hotlanta, man, I-75 North, get off on six-mile exit, and you can see us anytime you want. Yes, indeed. Coach Alexander's been great, folks. That was Bakari Alexander here on the Boss Man Show. Coming up next is Hall of Famer Warren Moon after the break. Stay tuned. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. 
For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. We're back here on the Boss Man Show. So we started this day. It was just had by Bakari Alexander, the Detroit Mercy Titans basketball coach, new coach up there, talking about the Wayne State game on the 29th. And now we're joined by Pro Football Hall of Famer, Canadian Football League Hall of Famer, and Seattle Seahawks radio call analyst, Warren Moon, here on the Boss Man Show. Warren, how you doing out there, man? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on your show tonight. You're very welcome. It's our pleasure because you, you're one of our favorite quarterbacks. I must tell you, I was telling a speech off the air that I used to play with you in the Tecmo Bowl and the, the Maddens. I, I, always, I always played with you that guys, was, man, because you was good. That was that was back in the day, man. Nobody knows about Tecmo Bowl, but probably me and you. <laughs> <laughs> you're right about that. You're right about that. Now, let's get to the game this week. Are you surprised that the Falcons coming out to Seattle Four and one after the schedule they've had so far, the, the wins they've had, and has this really where's really impressed you most about the Falcons so far this season? As you look at them on tape to get ready for this game on Sunday. Well, I think the uh, the way they're able to move the ball, um, not only on the ground but through the air, and uh, they have a great balance on offense right now. They're they're very very explosive, and but I think the thing that's uh, impressed me more this year is the way their defense has come around. Their defense is playing well. Um, and that was something that kind of uh, struggled last year. Even though they got off to a good start last year, they had a lot of injuries on defense, and, and it really wore down as the season went along. But right now they're off to a great start playing good defense on one side of the ball and explosive offense on the other side. So they really got it going on right now, playing with a lot of confidence. Oh, that's, that's excellent. And I, I, I believe you. I think they are definitely fighting all cylinders now. With that being said, Sunday, I feel it's going to be an explosive game. I really do. I'm, I'm excited about it, and I'm excited for a lot of the matchups. Now, Warren, what are some of the matchups that you are most excited about and that you really want to see 
as a fan of the game, what do you think is going to be some of the most explosive matchups that we're going to see on Sunday? Well, you know, obviously Julio Jones, who's had uh, some huge years, I mean, huge games and huge years since he's been in the league. But, you know, 300-yard game a couple of weeks ago, uh, going against probably Richard Sherman a lot of the football game, that should be a great matchup to watch. Uh, Levante uh, coming out of the backfield, I think, is going to be great a great uh uh, matchup with Bobby Wagner, our middle linebacker, uh, as far as you know, his running the football and, and being able to catch the ball coming out of the backfield, and, and Bobby probably being assigned to him a lot of the day. So those are two good matchups I'm looking forward to. And you know, having Muhammad Sanu out there and and uh, going against our other corners, Deshaun Shedd and and the rest of the guys, it's going to be some great matchups all the way across the board because there's a lot of good football players on both of these teams. And Warren, the running back matchup really intrigues me because you have. Christian Michael, who has really been playing great since he came back to Seattle. And just want to ask you, what has happened with Christian Michael? He got cut, went to Dallas. He went to the Redskins practice squad, got cut. When he came back to you guys, what really clicked for him to make him the back he is right now leading the way with Rawls being out, Beast Mode retiring? So what has this guy meant to your offense? And what do you think has really changed with him since he came back to Pete Carroll and you guys? I think it's just maturity. Uh, he matured. He, uh, he was here the first time, and – you know, he was a young guy. He came out of school early. Um, didn't realize the responsibility it takes to be a professional, and uh, wasn't putting the time in, wasn't putting the work in. And the, the the coaches around here don't care how high a draft pick you are. If you're not putting the work in and you're not productive, you're going to be out of here. So they sent him on his way, and uh, a couple other stops. You know, didn't agree with the way he was doing things as well. The Seahawks gave him another opportunity. He came back with a with a much different. Um, mentality a lot more mature and he's matured a lot uh, from last year when we picked him back up through this offseason and now into this offseason so he really understands that that he's got to play football and be a professional and prepare and do all the things that it takes to be a great football player and he's starting to do that now and and he wasn't doing those things before Exactly, and also we got Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Do, do you what about these guys? How they attack Denver? Where they can both be dual threats in the run and the pass game? You know, the guy that's a quarterback, I love having a back or two who can do both in the passing game and the run game affect the game in a positive way. Yeah, Levante Freeman uh, really showed what type of running back he is, but he also was a great receiver out of the backfield to go along with Coleman, and, and that was very impressive last week against Dallas make that Denver, excuse me, the way they uh, took advantage of Denver trying to take away their wide receivers. And they and Matt Bryan did a great job of dumping the ball off to his backs, and he got a lot of yards uh, just, just from dumping the ball off. So that's something we have to be aware of. Our linebackers are going to really have to be a little bit more snugger on these two guys because once they get the ball in their hands in open space, they know how to make things happen. So that's why I say Atlanta has – a lot of different weapons. It's not just Julio Jones on the outside. It's not just Mohamed Sanu. It's, it's all those guys that, that he's utilizing in their offense, and they're all being very productive. Well, Warren, that's, that's amazing. That, that's absolutely amazing. But real quick to double back on something uh, that you said that I think needs to be discussed a little bit more in depth. When we're talking about Christine Michael and and what you feel and what you know from your massive amount, you know, massive experience playing professional football and all your accolades and things of that nature. What do you think is the biggest hindrance of guys coming into the league uh, that aren't prepared? Because what we've seen the past couple of years is a lot of people, like you said, coming in a real high draft picks. We assume that they're going to be these amazing, outstanding players, and they don't live up to their potential. So what are some of the 
I don't want to say taxes, but what are some of the pieces of advice or what are some of the things that you can implore that the common individual can understand about how hard it is being a professional and staying on an NFL roster? Well, I would tell young guys coming into the league that to uh, just continue to be hungry. You know, you're, the, the problem is you, you're told all these great things throughout the draft process, how good you are. You get drafted, you sign a contract, you got all this money in your pocket. Now you come into an NFL training camp, and you think you've arrived. Well, that's where it just all begins. You know, it, it all begins when you come into that locker room, and, and you've got to now all of a sudden earn all that respect that you had in college as a, as a big time player all over again. And you've got veterans in there that have been in the league, some of them two, some of them five, some of them 10 or more years in the league. So they know this thing upside, upside down. They know exactly what it takes to be there that long. That's why they're still there. So if I'm a young guy, I'm going to take a hold of a veteran and I'm going to ask them to lead me. Tell me what I need to do to, to get to your level. Tell me what I need to do to, to be a great player. So many guys have such big egos, they don't want to go to other guys and ask for their advice. They want they want to feel like they know it all themselves. But you got to put your ego to the side, take the advice of these guys that have been there before. They will lead you and they'll show you the way if, you, if you're if um, you open to, to taking their advice. And that would be my biggest advice to a young guy coming into a locker room. Find a veteran, find somebody at your position, find somebody that you know is a great player, and ask him how he does it. Awesome, awesome. And, and speaking of great players, a player that I really admire, Russell Wilson. I, I, I like the guy. I like his style of play. I think his personality is pretty good. I think he's a, a humble, hardworking individual. And he, to me, I think he um, he really displays a lot of the qualities and attributes that you just talked about. I believe that he's a very hardworking guy. Uh, I believe he definitely puts the time in, and we can see that on the field time and time again. But his his knee has been kind of nicked up, and he's had some ankle injuries this year. So, you know, health-wise, settings for this week, um, do you think that this bye week was really good for him and other guys on the rosters, or, or do you think that it would have been better health-wise and to keep him in a rhythm if it was just to flow a little bit longer before they had that bye week? So so what what is your take on that? Well, you know, a lot of teams would love to have the bye closer to the, to the middle of the season, somewhere around the seventh, eighth game. It's a halfway point, and then you got another eight games left to play after that. But for the Seahawks, because of the injury situation to Russell Wilson and a couple of other guys, Jimmy Graham coming off of a you know a knee surgery where he could definitely use a, a break right now. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a little strain in his knee as well. So all this time right now is giving these guys a chance to uh, to heal up and get themselves ready to go for for a long stretch of games. But they needed this rest right now. They, they couldn't afford to keep playing and maybe further those injuries. So the bye for us, even though it was early, ended up being at a good time because of our injury situation. We, we got through those first four games with a 3-1 record, and now we feel like we're healthier and we're ready to take off for that next drive. So um, like I said, you'd love to have it at the middle break if you can, but because of our situation, it, it ended up happening at the right time. And I'm just glad it did because our team is refreshed and ready to go now. Folks, we're holler from Warren Moon here on the Boss Man Show. A few more for Warren here on the show. Now, defensively, Warren, do you feel like Richard Sherman would travel with Julio Jones or or Chris Richard will actually trust the guys to play them straight up, whatever side is on, defensive right or defensive left side, or Richard travel? How do you feel he'll do that with Julio Jones being as prolific as he's been so far this season so far? 
Well, you know, we're going to do a little bit of both. We have great confidence in both of our corners. Deshaun Shedd has played very well this year. I think quarterbacks have the lowest percentage of um, passer rating as far as throwing to his side this year, something like 38% they only complete on his side. So they feel like he can do the job. But there are certain situations, I'm sure, in the game where Richard will go over and cover um, Julio Jones. So it just it just depends on what defense we actually play, but we're going to give him a lot of different looks. And they like to put him in motion a lot to try and get him where he doesn't have to have a one-on-one -on -one coverage all the time. So both teams are going to be playing that chess game, and I'm sure you'll see enough of Richard and, and Julio going against each other. It should be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I, I personally think Richard Sherman is one of the best corners in the league that we have. He's exciting. I love his energy. I love his his takes, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I think him and Julio matching up is, is really going to be a memorable, memorable time. And speaking of memories, I got to bring this up. So, so what are some of your memories from uh, of Dan Quinn from this time in Seattle? You got, well, you know, you know what's coming, one. We got to talk about it for a second. <laughs> well, Dan Quinn, man, I, I love the guy. First of all, he did a great job for us while he was here. Uh, he did a great job with our defense. We were one of the best defenses in the league while he was here. One of the reasons why he you know, got a head coaching job and was in a position to get one almost every year that he was there. It didn't always work out, but the Atlanta situation uh, was something that, that he loved, and, and he went after that one. And, uh, you know, me and Dan always had a tradition before every every home game because the coach's booth was right next to our radio booth. And we would always uh, go up to the glass, and we would we would elbow the glass to each other just to let both of us know we're coming. The team's going to be physical today, and we're going to get after people. So that was our little thing that we did before every kickoff, uh, just to symbolize you know how physical and our defense was going to be that particular day. And they always brought it. So uh, Dan is a guy that I'll always like. I always respect. Uh, I want I want the best for him and his team, except for on this Sunday. <laughs> I told you I was saying that, Warren. A final question for you, Warren, is this. We close out the Georgia Dome this year. Uh, they move into Mercedes-Benz next door. What has been your most memorable moment either playing or watching the game at the Georgia Dome? And also, I had on John McClain last week, a guy from Houston Chronicles, who I know he's covered the Oilers a long time. What's your favorite memory about John McClain? I love the guy. He's all telling me great stories when I see him in Nashville when he comes to Atlanta to cover the Texans. So what's your memory of John McClain and in the Dome that you want to show us today on the show, Warren, if you don't mind? Well, believe it or not, the, uh, the, the, um, the dome is the place where I played my last professional football game, believe it or not. That's where I walked off the field for the last time as an NFL player, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and I knew it was all over when I walked through that tunnel for the last time. So I'll always have that memory of, of, uh, being in the Georgia dome and walking off the field after a 23 year professional career. So that would be the, the, probably the most fond memory I'll have of that place. Um, I think for John McClain, he was a guy that covered me the most uh, for the 10 years I was in Houston. And he was the guy that presented me during the uh, pro football hall of fame uh, inductee selection uh, committee. And he did a great job of, um, of presenting my case to be a, a hall of famer. And, uh, and uh, he must've did a, a great job because I became a first ballot hall of famer because of, of, uh, of his presentation to the, to the uh, selection committee. And I'll always be indebted to John for that because uh, you you get you have to have somebody that really knows your history, that knows how to sell you to that committee, uh, in order for you to be inducted. And he did a great job for me, and that's something I'll always have a memory of uh, with John and myself. 
Well, Warren, I thank you so much for your time today. We've been really, really been an honor and a pleasure because me and Darion have been fans of yours for years. We talked about it all the time. I say we want to talk to you today. So thank you for your time. Hope to see you down the road real soon. Hopefully in the playoffs we can play each other and see you each other one way or another, man. Yeah, it should be a great game this Sunday, and hopefully we will see you down the road. You guys are off to a great start, and so are we. And it's a long season, though, so we got to maintain that. But I'd love to be able to either come down to Atlanta or you guys come back up here and and uh, we we get together in the playoffs. That's what this uh, this game is all about: making it to the playoffs to see who can get to the big one. And you can't get to the big one unless you get to the playoffs. So let's hopefully uh, meet later on this season after this game is over. Yes, indeed. Well, Warren, thank you again for your time. You be good and safe out there in Seattle. Okay. Okay, take care. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, folks. Hoffman, one more on the Boss Man Show. Coming up next, Jeff Lender. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on facebook at academics and athletic consulting or twitter at coach t wheel 24 or instagram travis l williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it.
Thompson, man. Show to Sweet Thursday, J.R. McHenry, Darion Thompson here with you. Just joined by Warren Moon, Hall of Famer, and Bakari Zone of Detroit. Now we're going to Northern Colorado, the Bears. Talking to Jeff Linder, new coach there. Jeff, I know you had practice tonight. How was practice for you tonight, man? Did you guys come out there and go hard for you like you want them to? No, they've, uh, you know, we've had eight practices. We've had about 11 team workouts and uh, about 19 total, 17 of them, man. They've gone really, really hard and had one where, you know, it looked good on, uh, looked good on film but just didn't smell right in the gym that day. Sometimes, you know, tape can lie. You know, that's why you can never recruit based off of just film because sometimes, uh, you know, that doesn't tell you the whole story. But uh, all in all, we're – making progress and uh, just trying to get them to try to play a little bit harder, uh, you know, every every second. You know, it's funny. You throw four minutes up on the clock, which is, you know, kind of the, the time between uh, you know, the first uh, the first media timeout to the second and so on. And, uh, you know, guys think they're in shape, but you start getting up and down that four minutes. Uh, it's amazing how guys start grabbing their shorts. Oh, yeah, you know, especially out there in Colorado with that thing in there, if you've ever really been working out where you should, you, it's going to find you out real quick, Coach. You're trying to go up down that court a few times. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you just uh, – it's amazing how that gets into people's head. I was a Boise State. I grew up in Colorado. We'll be in a Boise State the last six years. You know, we'd had a – in the Mountain West, we had to travel to, uh, you know, a lot of high-altitude destinations, and one of them being the University of Wyoming. So – we always used to, you know, kind of do some placebo effects with our guys. We found out that, you know, there's a lot of nitrogen and and, uh, and beet juice. So we tell our guys, you know, before the game, we we're getting beet juice, they wouldn't get tired, and then end up, you know, ended up working. Our guys thought, uh, you know, we won that game. And then one time we uh, we brought out a, uh, you know, one of those air machines that uh, you would use to, uh, you know, dry a floor. Well, our guys, we told them it was an altitude machine, and that we were replicating uh, 8,000 feet in Taco Bell Arena. It's amazing what guys will believe sometimes, or at least what you think they believe. <laughs> Most definitely, Coach. But whatever it takes for the team to be successful, right? No, hey, no question. Hey, as long as, as long as they're not showing up in the locker room reading that sign, you know, where it says, you know, hey, beware of altitude sickness and all the different things that the altitude to do. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the schools at high elevation do that because it does work because guys are – there's a lot of mentally soft guys out there in the world right now. <laughs> you right about that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome. And we love your enthusiasm. We really do. Now, I, I got to ask this question. So what does it mean to you to lead a program uh, right now? And, and how do you plan on putting your stamp on the university and the community? Because it seems like you're really involved with the community. You're familiar with the area. So what, what, all, what does all of this mean to you personally? You know, well, I mean, for me, it's coming back home. I grew, uh, you know, I grew up in Colorado, went to high school in Colorado, you know, played college basketball at, uh, at Western State Division II school in Colorado, was a ball boy for the Nuggets back in the day. And so, you know, all my roots, my wife's roots, I mean, they're all back here in Colorado. And so for me, you know, not necessarily the opportunity to come home wasn't the real reason to, you know, take the job in northern Colorado. Um, I was in a good situation at Boise where, you know, if we make another NCAA tournament, I, you know, put myself in a pretty good position where, you know, if my boss would have maybe left, which I doubt he would have, um, you know, but, you know, you put yourself in a position to maybe get that job. But the other day, there's 350 Division One men's basketball jobs. Out of 350, I tell people probably about 150 of those you can actually win at or where you'd actually want to live and raise a family at. And I've always thought that, you know, Northern Colorado was always a good job where you could do it the right way, recruit the right type of kids, 
and, uh, you know, and, and win games. You know, five years ago they went to the NCAA tournament, and uh, there's no reason why, you know, we can't, uh, you know, have sustained success here. And that's, but that's something that, you know, you got to build every day. It's not, it's not easy. Everybody talks about it. I mean, the buzzword nowadays is culture, but, um, you know, we just try to go out and work hard every day and try to recruit the right type of kids who are about the right things and let the chips fall where they may. And coach, who are some coaches, individuals who have uh, had a busy impact on you and your career, personally and professionally? Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's been a lot. You know, I've been very fortunate to uh, you know to work for some uh, you know some really successful head coaches. Um, you know, you could go down the line. You know, Leon Rice, who you know was a Gonzaga, who was at Gonzaga before he got the Boise State job. You know, who learned an awful lot under Mark Few. Um, you know, Rex Walters at the University of San Francisco, who's a great player at Kansas in the NBA. A uh, great friend who learned a lot from Randy Ray at Weber State. It's one of those guys that's just, you know, gone to the NCAA tournament three or four times and built Weber State into a national program. Uh, as I tell people, I was I was smart enough to kind of be, I was a point guy recruiting Damian Lillard to Weber State, and I was smart enough to recruit him, but I was dumb enough not to coach him. So. I left to go to San Francisco before he got there. So that's kind of my, my claim to fame. But uh, I've just been very fortunate to be around the right type of guys who do it the right way. And, uh, you know, that's made my transition from never being a head coach. Uh, it's allowed me to make that transition a lot smoother because of the, you know, that's just how much those guys delegated to me, you know, as an assistant coach. And so not, you know, hopping into that other chair. I had a, I have, I had a lot of answers being that assistant coach, and they all say you move one chair over, you don't have as many answers. But you know, hopefully, I've surrounded myself with great assistant coaches. Um, you know, that'll make my job and make me look a lot better. Well, coach, that's 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 an amazing breakdown. It, it really truly is. Now you have a lot of ideas about you know you recruiting and, and, and things of that nature. So I I have to ask your stamp as a head coach is how people view your team. So watching. Northern Colorado this season. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you want people to to have after they see a team play a game and give all out their effort? What are some of the things that you implore to your kids and, and to your team and that you hope translates on the court that people will take away from it? No, I just I hope you know we'll you know, we're gonna compete every, you know, we're gonna compete every single possession, you know, I mean Everybody talks about playing. I mean, everybody talks about the same thing: playing hard, you know, playing together. You know that that's you know we're going to try to do that a little bit longer than the other team. There's 30 seconds in the shot clock. You know, hopefully, you know, defensively, you know, we're not going to give in as quick as the other team's going to give in. Um, on the offensive end, you know, we're going to be about making the extra pass. We're going to be about sharing the ball. Uh, you know, a lot of the things we did at Boise were one of the harder teams in the country to guard. We had kind of. You know, our motto was when we had gotten to Boise State was that, you know, we couldn't win the Mountain West by, you know, recruiting better athletes or so-called winning the air against the San Diego State or in New Mexico or, you know, we had to win on the ground. And, you know, we really emphasized on recruiting skill, being able to shoot in all five positions to where now when you play against more athletic teams, you can pull pull those more athletic, bigger guys away from the basket, you know, and make them do things that they haven't practiced every day. And so, you know, a lot of the things we did offensively at Boise where we took a lot of the, a lot of the things that Europe was doing five or six years ago, which you kind of see in the NBA now, uh, you know, we were doing, and we're going to take that here to northern Colorado. And so you're going to see a team that really spaces the floor well, um, going to be able to use the ball screen the right way uh, and try to create advantages, put teams in rotations, 
uh, shoot a lot of threes, but shoot the right ones. You know, we're not going to be a team that just shoots bad shots just for the sake of shooting threes. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to see a team that plays hard, plays together. Um, you know, we're big on touching teammates. We track and practice, you know, a number of times guys touch teammates, uh, you know, and there's also, you know, competing the right way, you know, not, not competing and, and being a, a, being a jerk or an a-hole, but, you know, competing the right way um, and, and join your teammate success. And that's, that's what we're going to be about at Northern Colorado. Now, Coach, being in Northern Colorado, I feel like you have a good chance to get guys going to come out there and play you guys, or you can get good teams in that area out there, in that western area, Midwest area to come out there and play you guys. So this, this schedule is probably already done for you this year. So going forward, Coach, how would you see yourself doing non-conference schedule? And, and, and for people listening out there on, out here on, on our show, who are some teams that you can recognize that you all will be playing this year that kind of that national buzz from the people making lets on to watch you guys play? Well, you know, it's a uh, schedule was done before I got the job on May 1st. And, um, you know, we are uh, – our non-conference schedule is a uh, – it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. We, we start out at Butler. Um, you know, then we come back here. But the, the main ones will be at Butler, you know, at Arizona, at Oklahoma. Uh, we'll be at Colorado State as well. A couple of local games with, you know, Colorado State and Denver. So, uh, we're going to be like a minor league baseball team the month of November. I mean, we're going to be out on the road quite a bit. Uh, we'll have a 10-day stretch where we have to go out, play Santa Clara, go to Arizona, and then go to Vegas and play two games on a neutral court at the Orleans Arena. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to fight through November. Then hopefully, you know, December, we're going to be sleeping in our own bed uh, most of that month. And so, uh, you know, we just got to get to that point, build, you know, just, you know, when you take a new job, you know, you got to, you know, you just you gotta take baby steps and uh you just try to you know, we're not gonna you know, we're not gonna solve things overnight, but as long as we just keep making progress and keep doing things the right way, you know, everything else will take care of itself. Most definitely, Coach. It seems like you have a lot of enthusiasm and optimism and, and a really bright outlook on the upcoming season. Now I have to ask, going into this season, the the twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen season, there have been some whispers and some talks about uh, some rules that people would like to see change. Now, I'm not going to give my opinion on some rules I'd like to see change because <laughs> I don't think we have enough show for that. <laughs> we don't, like brother. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to just ask you, Coach, uh, what are some things that you would like the rules committee to look at the instituting for the upcoming season? What are some things that you would like to see change just to make the game better, you know, have a better flow? So this, this is your take on what are some of the things that you would like to see changing as far as the rules or, or some things that you just want the rules committee to look into for the upcoming season? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I mean, I think they're, you know, the NCAA and, you know, I think they're moving in the right direction in terms of, you know, freedom of movement and, and allowing it to be more of a free flowing game. You know, it doesn't need to be Saturday or Sunday on the football field and, and guys are beating each other up. But, you know, the thing I would like for it to see is just for, you know, college, you know, high school, college in America to become more universal in terms of the rules and more so, you know, adopt, which the women's side is, is doing that more so than the men's side, but really kind of adopting the FIBA rules. So where everybody's kind of under the same, you know, the, the same rules to where it's not two separate, you know, separate games, really. And it ends up being three separate games. You have the, you know, the NBA and the, and the different rules and the, and the different spacing that you have there, too. So, you know, I, I would like for it to, to move more towards, you know, the FIBA rules in terms of, you know, shorter shot clock, you know, just because we like to play faster, you know, and I think we also know how to create good shots playing faster, 
you know, I think, you know, the way scoring goes up is that you got to, you, know, you got to add more possessions. The only way that you know, you're going to do that is by, you know, shorten the shot clock and add more possessions to the game. And so if we can move to that, I also like the idea of, of moving to four quarters, um, you know, then actually too, you know, to make it better for TV, um, which the NBA figured out is, you know, being able to advance the ball uh, with a timeout, you know, you know, late in the game, you know, whether that might just be the fourth quarter, but be able to advance the ball to where now you got a chance to, you know, maybe get a shot to tie a game or win a game, which, you know, the NBA, they figured that out. Yes, indeed. And final one for you, Coach, this is a kind of a broad question for you. What has been the typical day like for you since you've been the head coach, moving at one silver? What's the typical day like for you for as calling recruits? Is it meeting with boosters, meeting with people in the, the old university, athletic directors, players? What's the typical day like for you, Coach? Well, when you know when you have four kids like I do that are all under the age of eleven, um, you know, eleven, ten, seven, and then a eleven month old. You know, my oh, wow. my day starts out by my day starts out one by uh, you know having to wake up and take my daughter to swim lessons, you know, or swimming practice at six thirty, um, and then from there, you know, then I you know I try to help my wife out and get the kids to school. Um, by that point in time, you know, you try to get to the office you know, get some things done. And, and I'm not necessarily, I don't really, you know, in this day and age in technology with your cell phone, with, with emails, you know, I don't, I'm not a believer in that you've got to be in the office and pretending to outwork guys. You know, my thing is let's, let's, let's work the right way. Uh, you know, let's work smart. And then hopefully, you know, I hired smart assistants that, you know, they can understand that now, Hey, you got to work, you got to grind, but you know, at the same time too, you know, let's, you know, hey, I want my guys to enjoy life off the court, you know, be able to spend time with their families, be able to see their, you know, their kids, that they got a basketball game, a baseball game. I mean, those are moments that, you know, you don't want to look back on, you know, later in life and say, hey, I missed out on those opportunities. And, you know, those are some of the things that I learned from some of my mentors to where, you know, you don't have to, you know, be in the office at 10 o'clock at night. If that's the case, usually that's, that means you don't like your wife. And I, I, I love my wife. I love my kids. And, uh, you know, I want to be around them and I want my coaches to be around them as well. So, you know, we, we believe in family at Northern Colorado, both on and off the court with our players and, and with our, you know, our families that are at home. So that, that's, what, that's, that's what a day consists of at Northern Colorado. Well, Coach, I tell you what, me and Darion really appreciate your time tonight, Coach. We really inspired us both, and we look forward to having you on again in the future, Coach. It's been a great talking to you, and good luck to you guys in the season. We'll talk to you again down the road, okay? I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Coach Jeff Linder here on the Boss Man Show. Catch us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at BossManRadioShow.com. Me and Speech, a great show with Warren Moon, Bakari Alexander. We are out. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work, 
A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it.